0: The sponsor for this podcast is Blevins Insurance and here's what their customers have to say. Great insurance rates and customer service. We'll search for the best possible rates through many insurance companies. For more information, go to Blevinsinsurance.com or call 765-446-8999. Mindful Businesses with Vidya Ayer from the recording studios of Q1067 Lafayette, Indiana. In our podcast, we bring to you brands which are mindful in their practices and processes. Mindful Businesses, simply put, is sustainable, social, economic, and environmental practices adopted by a business. We have with us Susan Korea, founder and CEO of Art & Eden. Welcome, Susan.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: I came across your brand, um, and I was very impressed with what you offer. Can you tell me a little bit about how it began? What inspired you to start a clothing brand for children using organic cotton? So
1: I was, I've was i been in the business of fashion since over two decades. And uh, prior to Art in Eden, I was uh, leading two multimillion-dollar businesses. I've built global businesses across the world, India, Europe, Canada, and the United States. And I really was not searching to start a new business. I was uh, very set in my professional career. Uh, I was, however, searching for a deeper meaning to life and to figure out what on earth was I put here for and how I could make a difference. And that journey um, led me to a school in Bangalore, India, to um, sponsor a meal program for children in need. On this long trip to India, I was reading two very powerful books. Mm-hmm. One was um, Seth Godin's Lynchpin, mm-hmm. and the other was uh, Jim Collins' Good to Great. And uh, Good to Great was a very bus- very easy to understand business model. Uh, you've got to be uh, best in the world for business uh, to be a global brand. But what really intrigued me was Seth Godin's book, um, Linchpin. And he spoke about a new way forward for business, one that built something that was best for the world. He spoke about a journey of an artist that that would undertake the journey of bravery, passion, courage, and and put their best gifts into the world and let the universe then work on reciprocity. Uh, I was very, very intrigued about this idea and never had one stop to think about what best for the world meant. And so started a journey of really trying to deep dive as to how business could be better, how could we build better for the world, and I spent two years thereafter really trying to figure this, this for, this word for as it related to my business. And after going through endless amount of reports, I, I recognized that something had to change very quickly in the business of fashion and Art and Eden was born from there.
0: So how and why is your brand sustainable? Like how, what What practices have you put in place to make it sustainable?
1: So as I was searching as to how business could be better, I chanced upon the book Cradle to Cradle by uh, William McDonough yes. and Michael Bronkart. And I was incredibly intrigued with the idea of not settling with the business, not not settling with business as a model where we considered being less bad as equal to good, but really trying to reimagine how the design process could be thought through from the start to the end. So you embrace t- triple top line thinking rather than bottom line accountability only, and then have to deal with end of five business in- initiatives, but really trying to figure out how to um, start the design concept, right? From designing, to process, to packaging, to people, to planet. How do you consider all pieces of sustainability, so from the economic vi- viability to social and environment, it concerns how do you integrate all of that into your business model. I exited two multi-million dollar businesses to start this new way forward and embrace all of sustainability's pillars uh, as the fundamental DNA of our business.
0: And what would you call those pillars? What are the pillars in your mind?
1: Business fundamentally exists to be economically viable. If you don't have a viable business, you cannot do any good in the world. So fundamentally, to build a business that is economically viable, but to manage the business for social and environmental concerns as well. So to make sure that the product is not damaging the environment and then as a business to assume responsibility towards community as well.
0: Mm-hmm. So um, I was reading up and they say that the clothing industry is one of the most polluting industries in the world, like the second most polluting industry. I think I came across that on your website. Uh, what is the basis for that and why is the clothing in the industry How does it pollute so much? I would have imagined some other industries to be more polluting. And why is the clothing industry more polluting?
1: So Eileen Fisher was one of the pioneers of uh, the sustainable fashion journey in women's wear um, in the U.S. And when Mm -hmm. she was receiving the ecological award um, for her um, contribution to sustainability, that was her opening statement that I'm receiving an award in in the second most polluting industry of the world. I think because fashion's uh, production cycle is so, so long and so spread out that the entire impact that it has on the environment gets masked in the finished product because we have got to remember that the process starts from how the seeds are grown. Then you have all of Mm -hmm. the spinning weaving. Then you have the dyeing. Then you have the water wastage and the water pollution so I think fundamentally through the whole process, with the intensity of the use of insecticides and pesticides, we are polluting every life-giving natural system, air, land, and water, with, with the waste of, of the industry. So when I read that cotton, which is naturally portrays the image of being a natural fiber, occupies 3% of global farmland and uses 25% of the world's pesticides and 16% of the world's insecticides, these mm-hmm. were facts that would that just stopped me in my path uh, to race to produce more units and really try to figure out a new way forward for business.
0: So, um, how did you? How do your brands or your manufacturers? How do they conserve water, energy? Tell me about the seeds they use. How do they do that? How do you oversee that they are they are achieving um, your vision?
1: So, in spite of. The- that I had spent two decades in the business of fashion. It was uh, starting, Art and Eden was like starting from ground zero. I had to relearn the entire process of production because everything else was speed to market and fast fashion. And this was a whole process of slowing the whole concept down so we understand what we're doing and its impact on, on everything that surrounds it.
0: Say we just take the seeds. How are your seeds different?
1: Basically, it starts with the organic cotton process. It's, it's how, do you, how do you work with conventional cotton versus non, non-conventional, which is organic. So it's, it's starting with the right seeds. Everything is certified by GOTS, which is the Global Organic Textile Standard. So we start with with making sure that the seeds are purchased from GOTS-approved manufacturers. They are manufactured in a process that is approved by GOTS, so there is no use of insecticides and pesticides, but all natural tilling and farming processes are used. From, from there, it goes into GOTS-approved spinning and weaving capacities, and then it goes into the dyeing mills, which are, again, GOTS approved. So, the entire value chain is is approved and certified by the Global Organic Textile Standard. So, every, ch- every piece of the chain is documented.
0: And how do you enforce this? Like, you have these standards and how do you have inspectors there on site? Uh, or does GOTS have in, inspectors? Or once a factory is GOTS um, certified, they have these... Uh, they have these standards that they have to follow
1: we 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 engage we engage gots uh, certifiers it's a third party audit uh, this is not mm-hmm. our area of expertise audits and uh, the full value chain so we have to rely on professionals who do this for a living uh, so before we engage with the factory we have uh, GOT, we have them set up with the gots auditor and gots organization gots basically then enters into their entire value chain start to finish checks the processes Sometimes the factory does not meet the expected standard of GOTS and then we're given corrective action procedures. So the factory has to reset their their, uh, processes and then have GOTS back uh, for the audit to complete it. And once Mm -hmm. GOTS approves the entire value chain from start to finish, they give us a certificate of approval. Then post-production, we have to document the entire journey where we bought the yarn from, that we bought it from a certified uh, supplier that we dyed it in the certified mill, and then we get a transaction certificate, which basically authenticates the process.
0: So, was it hard to find such suppliers, or you found regular suppliers who were not up to standard, and do you train them to God's standard?
1: Uh, for for the start, we uh, one our one of our founding partners is one of the biggest suppliers into the United States and was fully approved on many different levels as well as God's, and we got started off the ground with that. But as we grew the business, we had to grow the factory base as well. So uh, there were some factories that were already God's approved and some factories that we had to initiate the process with.
0: So um, you also talk about dyes. Uh, Tell me something about your dyes that you use on the children's clothing.
1: There are many different dyes. Basically, there are conventional dyes, which are synthetic and chemical based and are used with most conventional cotton. And I didn't see the complete logic of having fabric that is organically made and using conventional dyes. There are then natural dyes, which are made out of herbs and fruits and teas and clays, uh, but they have very, very limited color options. And it was really important for us to maintain the vibrancy in the children's clothing, because at the end of the day, every parent also wants their children to look very special. So mm-hmm. God's has approved a standard of dyes called low-impact dyes. These are also synthetic dyes, uh, but, they, but they are approved by God's because they do not have the intensity of chemical and synthetic components that you know, conventional conventional dyes has. Even as a low-impact dyes, it's not ideal. But the other option is vegetable dyes where you get only four colors. So the dyes we use basically are all low-impact dyes. They do not uh, include any of the azo components. There are no high toxicity mm-hmm. in the dyeing. So it's basically a set of dyes and a set of uh, companies that make these dyes that uh, GOTS has approved that we use on our clothing.
0: So, one of the things that I looked and found in the clothing industry was, uh, in the children's clothing industry was, um, they used harmful chemicals in the flame retardant clothing that the children's clothing were supposed to have. They were supposed to, um, help children if they fall asleep and there's a fire in the house. And especially if they were, uh, the clothing was loose fitting. Do you have any such issues with your clothes or do you? Um, address that problem of it being fl- needing to be flame retardant and does and I know the industry changed the standard are the standards still the same or have they changed um, regarding flame retardant children clothing
1: sometimes we we try to address one problem and we create another problem uh, so mm-hmm. one of the things as to why flame retardancy was mandatory was because there are certain type of fabrics that catch fire very quickly um, so, in order to protect, it was done with the intention of protection, but the fact is that flame retardants you know there are substances that are combust- that are added to combustible materials that help provide, uh, provide safety in one way to the fabric, but uh, are full of, are full of retardant chemicals that basically have other issues with uh, skin sensitivity and things like that. With Ardenedin, we use only hundred percent cotton right now. And uh, we don't have the requirement to uh, use that on our fabric. Uh, so I, I don't deal with that issue at all, because the kind of clothing and the kind of fabric I use doesn't require flame, flame retardancy to have uh, been um, applied to the fabric.
0: And let's talk a little bit more about your mission. You said you want to give back. How does art and Eden give back?
1: So part of embracing all three pillars of sustainability is our responsibility towards the society. Uh, We've embraced two programs. One is a global impact program where we have committed and delivered a million and a half multivitamins to children across Central America. Uh, We've also donated 7,000 doses of albendazole to these children. Uh, We also run a local mentorship program right here in uh, Newark, in New Jersey. Uh, It's a school of 627 kids, about 80% of which are below the poverty line and uh, and we, we mentor a group of the kids, we bring them to New York City, we offer them different experiences, we take them to different museums and just offer them different kinds of experiences that enhance their worldview. New York is 20 minutes away from New York, and we, some of these kids haven't even been to New York City. So it's, it's very special for us as a team to be able to do this and uh, really make a difference to the community we live in.
0: So you do something overseas and something local. Many businesses focus so much on giving back overseas; they sort of forget to see the struggles that children have just in their neighborhood. And that's—I think—that's a very good thought that you have there. The sponsor for this podcast is Blevins Insurance. Blevins Insurance specializes in putting together packages for your home auto, life, and business insurance needs. They are backed by multiple reputable insurance carriers. Blevins Insurance is great at identifying potential gaps within your current insurance policies. They are licensed to serve insurance in multiple states, including Wisconsin, Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, Kentucky, and Tennessee. For more information, go to Blevinsinsurance.com. P-R-N-S Your products, I saw they were a um, whole range of products. What are the range of the age range and they are both for both boys and girls or?
1: Yes, we do from newborn to the age of 12 and we do both genders, girls and boys.
0: Are your clothes very specific pink for girls and or are they gender neutral? How are they?
1: We do a girls and boys line and we do a gender neutral
0: line. Because many times I think there is waste also. You know, when talking about sustainability, we also talk about waste. So if you have a son and then you cannot use those clothes for a daughter, you have to go out and shop again. So I think part of sustainability should be that it could be reused for the next child because the children wear these clothes for a very short time and this way um, you also are saving the environment by having to by being able to reuse the clothes yeah and i saw and also noticed that your prices were reasonable uh for for the for everything that you're achieving everything that all your you know your mission you're trying to make it from really good quality cotton, how do your prices compare with, say, another brand which is not organic and a brand which is organic?
1: That's very interesting because when I when I started this whole journey of wanting to embrace sustainability as a business model, I read a number of uh, reviews by moms on, on sites that were offering organic clothing, and all of them said, why does it have to be this expensive? Children are, like you said earlier, children are going to be in and out of this so quickly? Why does organic have to be something that is, um, you know, so highly priced? And that was something very important to me as I started this journey to make sure that I figure out the whole value chain in a manner that does not make it so unaffordable or or affordable to only a small group of people. Uh, That was my mission from, from the day I started Art in Eden. I also have a very strong production background. I was a production solution firm, the top-tier stores down to discount retailers before I started out in Eden, so I have a very strong production and process background. And uh, I think by virtue of having a very strong investing team on board our journey, we were able to manage for economies of scale and uh, were able to build very efficiently.
0: So most businesses, if they are efficient and they are mindful about having their costs low... And then they will be able to pass on the savings to the consumer. So I did see one more thing. You also have something about endangered species. What is that? We recognize
1: that Art and Eden, we live very interdependent lives. And the human species is one of millions of species that inhabit the planet. It was very important for us to, to understand and embrace this. As we are uh, so close to the earth in everything that we do, a lot of our graphics are very animal-centric, and it was one of our dreams to be able to partner with either Nat Geo or Discovery or Animal Planet or someone that really um, embraces the whole ecosystem. And it was it was really really cool when Discovery reached out to us for a partnership, and uh, we we did this entire partnership with them that brought awareness to endangered or vulnerable species. We launched it in 2019 of spring, and it was really a delightful collaboration to have.
0: Do you you recycle the clothes? I know some of the brands now, they say, bring back your clothes and we give you 10% off. Do you do any of those um, programs?
1: So I spent six months before I started Art in Eden to make sure that I worked on the fabrication that we're working on. So it's not like fast fashion, where you wear it a couple of times and you throw it, as you said, sustainability. How do you have multiple uses and multiple people using the clothes? And while maybe a girl's garment can't be transferred to a boy's sibling, it can be transferred to a cousin or to uh, someone else uh, in need or someone down the line. Uh, but we we make sure that we tested our fabric so much that the sustainability piece keeps on extending uh, into it. We have just started our business. We're just two years into the make. We have not yet uh, done the reuse program, but we are looking at different models of how to continue making sure that our impact transcends the multiple uses of the clothing.
0: Talking about multiple uses, um, have you heard about the re- the business Rent the Runway? Yes, I have. There is a similar one for children, and, and their slogan also is um, sort of sustainability because they think that the kids, especially zero to two, they wear each set of clothing for very few months Um, so they have a similar model where they send you a box of washed reused clothing every week or I'm not sure what the different plants are but I was wondering if you had heard about them
1: I haven't heard about the children's I haven't heard about the children's I've definitely heard about Rent the Runway and other models in the women's area but I haven't heard about do you know the name?
0: I will um, try to find it for you. Um, I was thinking also about the wages. You know, there's always this, even like big companies uh, fall, even with all their inspectors on the ground, sourcing agents on the ground, overseas, fall prey to unethical practices on the, um, on the part of the uh, suppliers. How is yours different? How do you assure that the workers are, you know, do receive their wages, they have their rights, they have bathroom breaks, they get you know, time off, health benefits. How do you assure all those things? Or does GOTS take care of all that?
1: God's is one piece of the business. So God's is uh, basically the sustainability value chain. We work with, we're very fortunate to have a really, really good group of factories that we're working with and who pride themselves on the way they treat their labor. So I had a, a social just a, someone who was working with me as as who has a very intense background in social justice, who fundamentally believed that business could not be good. Business basically succumbs to many failures. So I um, I sent her on a trip to India and I said, you know what? I would like I would like to substantiate your belief one way or the other. If you feel that business uh, fails hu- humanity and their workers. Or if, if you feel like we're trying our best to make this work, why don't you go, why don't you go, here's a ticket, go without anyone from the Art and Eden team and you come back uh, with your report on the factories. And And her report is part of our 2018 impact document. Uncensored, I, I published her entire report. And if you download it from our website, uh, it's, it's, it's her entire report on the factories is listed. How she went in as a skeptic and um, came in seeing them the business can be good
0: yes was her name nandita
1: yes that's
0: right okay yeah yes i think i uh, saw that yeah yes that's what um, led me to the question to see you know to find out how exactly you do monitor and um...
1: we can't we can't monitor everything and we can't enforce everything we rely on third party audits So when you have and when you have the ratings and audits of multiple third parties verifying you for environmental um, compliance, verifying you for social compliance, working worker rights and worker uh, work situations have become Top of everyone's priority right now, and the audits are incredibly strict. They do random audits; they just come into the factory uh, unannounced. They pick up workers from uh, randomly from the floor and interview them uh, anonymously, um, so that so that they can really really uh, verify the whole process. and uh, And our, our factories are open doors for auditors to walk in and and uh, verify. What is being said and what is required to be delivered by the audit is done because their certifications are also important to them. So it's an open, transparent
0: opportunity for people to go in and audit. And your factories are based in which country? In India. And one thing, whenever many people in the United States hear about things being made in India or Bangladesh... They think about child labor for some reason. And that's one of the f- top questions. So are you sure there are no children making my t shirts? And I'm, and I'm pretty sure that you've made sure that in your supply chain, there are only adults who are working and making your shoes, uh, sorry, your clothes uh, for the children to wear.
1: I, I think it's. Um, I think that was a notion of the past. I think child labor laws are very, very strictly enforced, and and lots has changed since those very, very early days. So I do not believe whether it's in my factories or any other factories, I do not believe I have ever seen uh, a child working in a factory in the years that I have been in business in India. Even in at the time. Prior to Arden Eden, I have not seen child labor in factories. I think it's become very stringent and people are very, very aware of the repercussions of engaging um, with child labor. So I think it's very stringently uh, executed. You don't see that happening anymore.
0: So what are your future goals? Are you going to just stay with children's clothing? Are you going to expand to some other industries, maybe diaper bags?
1: Arden Eden was born from a desire. It was born from the two books that I read. How does business be best in the world? Uh, By fundamentally focusing on being best for the world, I see Art in Eden become a global brand. I see it being a trusted place where parents can come and shop when they want to buy remarkable clothes that are responsibly made for their kids. So I see it expanding into um, a marketplace for goods that parents and uh, loved ones can trust to buy things for children. I do not see us expanding into men and women's right now. I think there's so much to be done. Uh, We've taken a really good leadership position in uh, standing for sustainability and embracing it it in all of its components. And I just want to keep focusing and building on this path that we're on. It's just an amazing path and incredibly fulfilling for me and the team.
0: So how big is your team?
1: Uh, We're a group of about nine people right now.
0: And you're the sole founder. It was your idea. It was your vision to come up with this.
1: There's 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 never one sole person in anything <laughs> that's built. Uh, I have uh, an incredible group of investors, uh, almost like co-founders that have built this company with, with me. I uh, have an amazing gentleman called George Hardina. He's the ex-global president of Ralph Lauren, who reached out uh, to me post uh, seeing a podcast that I had done and uh, has embarked on this journey with us to help build Art in Eden. I have Charlotte Taylor-Wright, who is an amazing managing director of uh, sales for North America. So my entire team, my design team, my branding team, I mean, everybody has played a part. I am one piece of the whole part.
0: So where can one purchase these... um... Awesome codes for their children.
1: So, we are available uh, with Nordstrom's, with Neiman Marcus, with Wanmauer, and in about 200 stores, specialty stores across the country. We are available on artandeden.com, and all of the stores are listed on our website as well.
0: Thank you so much, Susan Korea, for joining us today. Um, we were talking to Susan Korea from Art in eden
1: Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure.
0: If you're a creator or offer, would like to recommend a mindful brand to be featured on our show, send us a message on our Facebook or Instagram page. Thank you to Jim Stone of Q1067FM, playing the best of yesterday and today, for letting us use the studio for recording this episode. Thank you, Ryan Martin, our technical editor. Music for this podcast was composed by Tatum Gale. This is Vidya Ayer for Mindful Businesses.